1: Yay! A little rock yeah, and roll all night, uh, yeah. Party part of the day. That's what I love about that movie. Uh, Role models. was like, "How about we rock and roll all day and party part <laughs> of the day? Just part of the day, so we can get some other stuff done."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's between like twelve and three.
1: <laughs> yeah, very excited today. Today is a uh, big day. I just been traveling. I literally just got into a hotel in Palm Springs with the in-laws, and we uh, we're spending a couple of days in the desert. So I hope nobody. Acts up, because this is a great place to bury a body. So <laughs> am I, can you not hear me? All right. All right. I'm just, oh, I'm just assuming a something bit, doesn't I get a joke. laugh that it's my internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard the joke? I am cutting out. You uh, are, but this it's This is so going to okay. be a rough show. Good now. It's going to be rough. I feel it. It's all right. We'll go good. Yeah. If you have to take over, Anthony, you got to take over. You got to, you got to just do what you got to do. Um, all right. yeah, so I'm this ready. is, this is cool. So yeah, driving, I, I've, this is the first time I've ever been like the person driving in the vacation, you know, like in charge of like driving and there's people in the back and the family, like, it's just really, it's a big, big day for me to do the, you know, <laughs> drive on the vacation. Cause, yeah. um, you know, You're I like went Chevy a lot Chase of family vacation. Yeah, I am. I went a lot of family <laughs> vacation. my father and many times he got arrested on occasions and that's not even a joke Uh, (laughs) and uh yeah i'll share this it was on my album but you've heard it many times but yeah we were driving and my parents in the middle of the vacation uh, driving down the road, they tried to switch drivers because my dad saw the the police lights go on and he was going like 85. And so he had warrants out for his arrest. And so him and my mother were switching seats as I was in the back seat and uh, my two brothers, three kids in the back and these lunatic parents trying to switch seats at 85 miles an hour on the highway. And then my mother got, she's skinny. So she slid in and then the cop pulled us over. He's like, are you kidding me? I saw that dude with the beard drop. Like what do you? <laughs> so, I got arrested, and we spent a lot of time in the parking lot. But uh, it was a good vacation, though. No, this is fun. So yeah. So today, speaking of the seventies, this is a big seventies day, which is very exciting because I feel um one is probably the greatest artist of the 70s and then the other is probably one of the most influential exciting artists of the 70s and so it's very it's it's a nice blend we have today of two people one was very groundbreaking and the other was pretty much just exploded you know pop and rock and this whole kind of like just you know just kind of did did their own thing and kind of created this empire of music that uh, we all love. And so first is Richard Pryor. Are you a big fan of Richard Pryor, Uh, Anthony? I I would say moderate fan. Okay. All right. I don't know. I
2: mean, I like him.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like when somebody says, I'm not really into Picasso, you know, like you feel like you have (laughs) to kind of explain why Picasso is so important. (laughs) I feel like I'm doing a lot of that today. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, moderate fan, interesting. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of the movies when I was a kid. Like, I feel Richard Pryor movies were great uh, Silver Streak and uh, Stir Crazy and all that stuff as a kid. And later, I uh, kind of got into the stand up stuff. And this special and this album that we're covering today, Live on the Sunset Strip, was one of the first specials I think I saw. And, uh, you know, it was on HBO or something and it was just like edgy and just, it just kind of opened me up to just kind of vulnerability of a person. Like, like it's like one of the first comedy specials that I ever saw where somebody was really just talking about real stuff. Cause before that comedy to me was Steve Martin. It was just very slapsticky and, you know, goofy and funny and, but it wasn't like real and raw. And I think I remember seeing this when I was really young and, um, you know, my parents were kind of partiers and stuff. So I understood what, I mean, I'm, I mean, my, my dog was named Kilo. So my parents <laughs> party.
2: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so I understood drug culture and stood kind of a little bit of that kind of, like uh, just kind of spinning out of control. But uh, watching this special, which and and funny because I was old enough to kind of know what was happening. But I remember this special being like this this thing where it was like in the news, it was all about Richard Pryor. You know, he caught himself on fire. It was all these things. And so it's really cool to kind of, you know, watch him, you know, knowing something that was like so tabloid and then watching someone explain it from their point of view through comedy was this huge thing for me. So I'm very excited to talk about all that today Um, um, mm -hmm. with this special. And then the other I have the shirt on. We're going to talk about the Kiss Alive album, which is very exciting as well. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to play some Kiss? Get it in there? What was that, is that uh, your Kiss? What are you going to do Kiss? One of the feel-good songs of all time. It just gets you in the mood, you know? you Yeah, You can't but, beat a bad mood when that song comes on, you know? You're just like, that's, hi. That's that has best. to
2: be the song that Andrew W.K. listens to before he writes his music.
1: <laughs> Probably. But <laughs> he wants to write about
2: partying. He has to put that yeah, song out. I
1: think so. That's one of the... I think, yeah, one of the top five party songs. Well, uh, it's way better... If, if as far as songs that have the word party in it, it's definitely <laughs> better than uh, My Girl Likes to Party All the Time. I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> better than that one. Speaking of prior. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, without pride, there's no Eddie. So no. um, but this Kiss is very interesting to me because Kiss is, you know, it's funny. As I mentioned, my, you know, my parents partied a lot when I was a kid. And then they went to religious stages. And I always equated to, depending on how much money my father had, is it depending on how religious he was. So when he would lose his money, he would get really religious. And so I always knew how broke we were by how how often we went to church. And uh, there was just so many weird things. And growing up in Texas, KISS was like this weird, like people, the Bible Belt went crazy with KISS, right? They were just like, KISS stands for Knights in Satan's Service. And oh, it was right. just like, and they would just, you know, I'm, I, you know, they would just do all these. Like, uh, you know, revelation scriptures, and it was like the apocalypse and the you know, the four horsemen and all this stuff because they would say, Look, it says here men with hair like women and and faces painted, and all stuff, and like <laughs> kisses, Knights of Satan service. I'm like, dude, it's four dudes, four Jews from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> only one guy was pretty good looking, so the rest of more makeup. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know, oh. what I mean? so it's just funny how they became this like, you know, this devil band, and it just made them bigger. And I remember uh, one particular religious phase, um, and so I was really pissed off because my brother, my my two brothers, they got to see Kiss live in Dallas, and they wore the makeup. And they got to go and they had the shirts and they the thing and it was amazing. And then by the time I was old enough to go to a kiss concert, we were burning kiss albums in the church parking lot. Like yeah. that's that that was my kiss phase. So my my parents were under the religious point of the the, the city So I had to like, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have anything to do with kiss. And so it was this whole thing. I feel like I never got the opportunity to see KISS. So then here's a funny little moment, and we'll start the show soon. But um, so I I remember I was, you know, just never got to see Kiss. I always try to see him here and there. And, and I, I was a big fan, even when they stopped wearing the makeup, Animal Eyes and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Oh, it all up. The and no all the no makeup, that. lick it up. Yeah, I love, I love Kiss throughout most of my life. Um, and then it's like, and then later I got a little more sophisticated. I felt like I didn't really uh, pay attention to Kiss as much, you know. When you listen to Charlie Parker albums, sometimes you you have a tendency not to listen to Kiss, you know. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you go through a Coltrane worm, it's wormhole. It's kind of hard to be like, let me put on Strutter, you know. But it's you know, but but I do love Kiss and what they're about, and so. Uh, so anyway, their last tour, which is one of the last sure they'll have another one. This was called end of the end of the road world tour, right? So this will be one of their last ones. So I remember I was, I was going to go, I was going to get tickets with this guy. His name is Howie Doe. That's a real name. And uh, he's a lunatic. And so he was like, yo, we'll get tickets. And so right up to the last minute, he's, he knows a guy, you know, you know, when you're in trouble when there's a guy that says he knows a guy, you know what I mean? Those guys never, they never come through. So he was like, we're going to, we're going to go to kiss, whatever. I got, I know a guy, I know a guy, I know a guy. So right up to like five o'clock, a night of the show, I'm still waiting for tickets and he doesn't come through. And so he's like, sorry, man, I couldn't come back. I'm oh, "Man, you, idiot. And so literally 45 minutes later, I'm recording my podcast. And then 45 minutes later, I get a, I get a call from the Comics Club, a comedy club I perform at. And, this guy, and the guy at the front was like, yo, hey, do you like Kiss? And I was like, yeah, man. Like he goes, I got one ticket, um, but I can't find anybody that likes Kiss. <laughs> I've called 10 comics. <laughs> 10 comics. <laughs> and I was like, "I, yeah. And so I went to the concert. It was the last show in uh, Madison Square Garden. And I wow. went by myself and I got to see Kiss live. And it was like all those times of the 70s. I didn't get to see them. And it was like this huge thing. And that was great, and it was like a fun concert. You know, you got Gene Simmons, who's a 105 years old, on a on a string, <laughs> a wire, just playing bass. <laughs> you got you got Paul on a little trolley. He's about to have art. He has arthritis. He, he can barely hold on. But it was amazing, <laughs> and it was such a great show. And so, anyway, that was my big kiss thing. I got the. I had to get the t shirt. I was like, I think I got it five bucks. I didn't even buy it inside because I don't support the artist. They uh, have no money.
2: Oh, you got it outside, like in the parking lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, one of those. (laughs) Five bucks, five bucks. The guy's making them at home. (laughs) And, And then one more thing before we start. So I meet Gene Simmons. And I'm sure Jeff probably met him because Jeff meets everybody. But I don't have that luxury. And so I got to meet Gene Simmons at the Jacob Javits Center when I was used to work there. And they were hawking the Kiss Coffin. Which was this thing where Kiss fans could buy a freaking Kiss coffin and getting buried in it. And I remember seeing him get out of the limo with like five chicks, and I walked up. But it's, it's one of the three autographs I have. And I was like, I gotta get Gene Simmons, and he, you know, he he signed it, and then it was like this whole thing, and I lost it. But anyway, so that's that's my big, big Gene Simmons thing. Nice. Very exciting. Very tall. Okay, everybody, <laughs> this is this is it. I'm rushing through this, huh? I mean I'm in, I I'm in Palm Springs. Tall. We don't know what's going to happen today. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, he's a big dude. Big. He seemed tall to me. I don't know. It's like uh worn all black. And uh then I, you know, I used to see him at concerts. Uh-oh, internet unstable. Yeah, that's story of my life. All right. All right, folks. So Your audio sounds good. Your video is like choppy, people. Okay. No, All right, You guys are going to have to carry this. So we're going <laughs> to get into Richard and then we'll get into KISS. So if you can hear All me, right. do what you got to do. All right. Let's start the show, everybody. Anthony, bring us in. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't see me, you can hear me. I'm very excited to bring in our... It's very funny. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jeffrey Paul and Adam Holtz, everybody. Yeah. All right. What's up, guys? How's it going, Justin?
3: Anthony, how are you guys? Hey.
1: What's up, dude? <laughs> Jump on it, Jeff. You might not be able to hear me.
3: We got you. We got
1: you. Oh, okay. What yeah, you got I'm behind you me. there? What is that? We got some, new, got some new stuff behind you. What is that? Yeah, the, we, we, we that are in queen? the process
3: of moving everything down and uh, opening up the podcast studio down here. Ooh. So... Uh, so you know, right. the, hopefully, the next time th- these things won't be here, and we're going to start putting up uh, all the memorabilia and stuff, and all the stuff that happened in the background is that is an, a drumhead signed by all four original uh remotes. Nice, behind oh, wow. it is a I wound up getting the uh authentic, you know, it's a certificate of authenticity, so it you know, so it, it is legit and uh, there's an Irishman poster and above it it is a uh, Neil <laughs> Diamond uh, autographed uh, picture there but you'll, 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 you'll start seeing a whole bunch of new stuff coming in did you get did
1: you have the cast of Irishman did you bring the poster and have everybody sign it <laughs> no <'Cause- laughs>
3: Absolutely
1: not. I was like, "Are you that guy? Are you going to be that guy on set?" That's like, "Hey, no. man, I know we got a scene together, but could you sign this?" <laughs> Jesus you know, Guba Johnny. You know Guba Johnny, of right? Of course, they do. Yeah, yeah. Love Guba him. Johnny's a comedian, and he also played in the NFL for a short stint. And uh, so he yes. was telling me stories that he got in trouble because he played for the Steelers for a very short time when it was like on right at the end of the '70s or early '80s. And uh, he got in trouble because he was like, you know, he's he's on the team. He's he's on the roster and he's just having people sign like footballs and stuff. And they, they, he got in trouble, Ooh. for like, you know, harassing the team for autographs. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's like you're on the team, dude. Like pretend you've been there anyway.
3: That's it. That's it. With, with everybody I've ever worked with and I've worked with everyone. And, I, you know, I, I had McCartney's manager. Say, hey, if you need anything signed, just bring it and I'll get it. You know, always, always said no. It's like, thank you. Appreciate the, yeah. the gesture. But no. Uh, yeah. uh, once in a while, somebody would um, come over and give you something. And yeah, that you, I would accept. You should but have I done McCartney.
1: Know? You should it's like <laughs> five years when he goes, like you're going to wish you had that signed. I like do wish I had it signed.
3: <laughs> but I also wound up working with him a lot. And yeah. I mean, he trusted me with a lot of stuff. I mean, I think we spoke about it on the show uh, in the yeah, past yeah. but I mean yeah I, I, I was in his room by myself just keeping an eye on all his stuff uh, and I yeah. would do this every time he was in New York
1: now you're a classy guy Jeff I would have stole his underwear or something like
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> sold it on he I did
1: <laughs> when I, this is when i was a kid i remember they had a commercial where you could buy sheets that elvis slept on like it, somebody had taken sheets from a hotel he was at or something oh wow and, and they cut little squares of the sheet and i remember it being on a commercial in like the 70s or something and you could buy a little piece of sheet huh? that elvis slept piece on of sheet <laughs> That's how you know you're famous. When people are <laughs> cutting up sheets you've been on. Anyway. I don't know if
2: this is a bad time to ask, but uh, yes. would you guys set, uh, send me some signed headshots when you get a chance? I just, Absolutely. I'm working with you guys and uh, <laughs> just to fun. Some headshots for my friends.
1: Yeah. Can you send me some of that electrical tape you use on your guitar? <laughs> send me some of that. <laughs> 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 Can you send me some of that? I'm sure that's worth a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Official. So it's worth six bucks. Give me the empty roll of the electric tape. All right. Just a little <laughs> you just keep the rolls. So I'm a little out of it, you guys. You guys are going to have to help carry me. So I've been driving the in laws and everything. So I didn't do as much work as I should have on this whole thing, but I, I will bring in Pryor much. a little bit. And, uh, you know, I love Richard Pryor's comedy and. Listening to this album, it was uh, it really made me feel like I'm a terrible comedian, and that's 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 how good Richard Pryor is, or how bad I actually am. But I heard it and I was, <laughs> I was just like, my God! Because there's so many levels, and I want to punch Anthony for not being excited about Pryor as much as we should be, but because here's the thing. Prior does like nine different comedians in this. Like he shows that he can be a blue comic. He shows that he can be a short joke comic. He shows he can be a character comic and he shows he can be a, a kind of a one man show, bleeding, vulnerable comic and so it's just i love this special because i felt like it was his comeback special it was like everybody Mm -hmm. thought he was done the drugs got him everything and this was kind of his you know his comeback and so i love this 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 album i feel like i've seen the special many times with the red suit and everything and uh it's just it's just so cool and there's just so many great moments in it um that i love um just you know the way he opens the show just, you know, and doesn't address the fact that he had just free based and like caught himself on fire. All he does is talk about, you know, he lightly talks about the match and then the he match. kind of says, you know, then he kind of gets back into his act. He doesn't even address it till later. And then and just so many wonderful things in this album. And uh, I just I just really enjoyed just kind of hearing him again. And I really miss him. I'm I'm really sad I didn't get the opportunity to see him live. Um, but uh this album is really groundbreaking. For anybody that's ever done stand-up comedy, it's this is the way you do it. Um Chappelle, Carlin, none of them compare to this guy, in my opinion. I feel like there's just something special about him. He's the greatest of all time. And this out al- this particular recording I think is a masterpiece. And um, you know, the Africa bit is probably one of my favorites. Um, when he just talks about just kind of being in Africa and like and seeing guys that look like guys that are from his neighborhood and like that's Lionel that's Lionel from yeah. the neighborhood and now he's like <laughs> he has like a real job but he's in Africa and he's like going off and all these things and then just talking
3: uh, we lost Dustin Uh-oh. for a second that's okay um, release we'll in the movie theaters there he goes there he is. oh did you did yeah, you, lost you, you, you can there.
1: hear me though right you just couldn't see me for you. some of it it's fine. We don't have to do a, a comment on that because a lot of this is a podcast. So let's just go with it. If you don't, if you don't see me, don't worry about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Adam doesn't have to keep editing that out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's fine. Twitchers can handle it. So anyway, this is a great album. You guys take it away. I'll stop. Talking. Go ahead. I, for
3: me, Before there was Dice and before there was Sam and before there was Eddie Murphy, I remember being like a little kid in Staten Island listening with my friends to on a cassette of Richard Pryor live at the Sunset Strip. And before anything, before Stir Crazy, this is what introduced me to stand-up comedy. And I, I remember thinking it was the greatest thing I've ever heard. I remember the uh, first time ever hearing cursing on 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 a tape, and the Africa bit was to me like I didn't understand a lot was going on. I remember I was a little kid when I heard that, maybe in sixth grade, uh, but I remember laughing just. I think his delivery, the way he's, he he said things, and then when eventually you saw it you could see where Eddie Murphy was inspired by him, just like the way he is on stage and wearing like the red and looking kind of cool and everything. I, I mean, I really loved Richard Pryor. And then from there, it, you know, it was the movies. And then like, you know, you started to deep uh, dive him a little bit more, but I, I loved it. And this was my, again, my first introduction into stand-up was this album.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. That's a great introduction to stand up. And what I like about Richard over like a, a, an Eddie Murphy or somebody like that, like, you know, it's like when Richard would go through something, he would talk about it in his act. Whereas I feel a lot of artists kind of, you know, kind of like skip over their kind of controversy and stuff and where he kind of, you know, that's a bit with Jim Brown. We're talking about Jim Brown's trying to help him get over drugs, and just that whole moment between, kind of like you know, when someone's looking out for you and whatever, and just it's a very tender moment that you know that men can relate to with friendship, and so it's just just such a cool album. So yeah, I, I think he's the greatest we've ever had. So
3: he was honest, he was vulnerable, yeah, you know, he was he was funny, I and mean, you know, so. I, I really would love for comedy to come back and become a little bit more of this.
1: I mean, there's people doing it. Dave Chappelle is doing a good job, but there's people that are doing this. And I think he inspired a lot of this comedy that happened. There's a lot of great comics that have taken the torch a little bit, um, you know, and that he inspired the whole deaf jam. Comedy and you know Martin and Chris Rock and you know there's so many people that have kind of taken the torch. So I think it's there. It's happened. Cat Williams, like it's happening. It's just you know he was just kind of the godfather of it or whatnot. But I think it's you know and he was also somebody that spoke. Nobody had really heard people you know especially African Americans kind of speak like where they were from as opposed to kind of you know everything else was kind of like Flip Wilson and you know uh, Bill Cosby where it was kind of you know more tame to the mainstream whereas richard was like right out of the hood right out of the you know the neighborhoods that he came from and just kind of really kind of introduced people to this language and this energy and this conflict of things that were happening with white and black people and stuff and so it's just really really groundbreaking everything that he did so and what do you think for? about old richard pryor yeah good sorry me
2: did you say me yeah, yeah. thank oh, yeah. four of us. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I I I agree with all that stuff. Uh, you know, he was a trailblazer and and all that. But uh, so I saw this special when I was a a kid. I was probably also around eleven or ten or eleven. So it was like the mid nineties. So um, you know, it was kind of already o- over. So I was getting like, you know, it was like a throw a throwback when I was. First seeing this special and it's great. I love the the you know at the end with the where he's like this this is Richard Pryor running down the street and <laughs> with the match and uh, I forgot that he he mentions being careful of matches in the beginning. I think that's such a great way to to start it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I I guess I just I didn't connect to it as much because I was you know like you're talking about Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and those guys were already doing comedy when I first saw this. So uh, I was just a little more separated from it, I think, because it was already over, but but I yeah. appreciate it.
1: I mean, that's how I feel about the Beatles. Like I didn't get into yeah. the Beatles until late in high school. Me too. And I, yeah. I feel like, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I just said, heard how great and whatever, but it felt like, you know, parent music. And then, and then when you actually, you know, found somebody that shows, you know, played revolver for you or something, you're like, Whoa, what is this? And then it just opened yourself up. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't appreciate Richard Pryor, you know, until I became a comedian. I think that's when, you know, that's when I really appreciated him. I mean, I thought he was funny and he was a guy that cursed. And I, I did understand kind of the, you know, the drug stuff and what he was talking about overcoming all that, but I didn't quite get it until, I became an addict myself and a comedian. (laughs) So it's like, it was a double connection. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's listening to it now. There's parts of it that don't hold up as how blue and sometimes or whatever, but then there's just really just these amazing moments of vulnerability that really hold up. And I feel like I'm personally trying to get to a place like that where I can kind of talk about my crazy past. And so when you hear somebody like Richard Pryor kind of eloquently do it, it's just really cool. And I love that. And he's also was a guy that like, you know, would get rest for like mud bone. Mm-hmm. and it was just like you know he had to, he kind of had to do Bud bone because it was such a popular thing so even in this alley i think he did mud bone on like three different specials but each time that he did mud bone which is another character he had kind of a different twist on it every time so it's cool that yeah. he just kind of like took one character and kind of made it different each time that he mm-hmm. did it which i thought was a pretty interesting aspect on it
2: it's also but, uh, it's impressive because uh he like he pretty much started over in the middle of his career, right? Like he was doing this kind of Cosby-esque sort of act. In the
1: very beginning, yeah.
2: And then he became was... more personal and started doing this, you know, he was doing well, that's the
3: thing about him is that he didn't put on a character. He was raw, he was vulnerable, he changed. People change. Mm-hmm. He changed. And I and I kinda I like that. I like that you know what I like that it was real. And to me, I mean, as a kid, you're able to sense he's a little dangerous here. And I kind of like that too.
2: Yeah. Oh, it is. Da- yeah. It's dangerous for sure. Edgy, dangerous.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the early Bill Cosby stuff is interesting to watch because you just, you know, you see that he's uncomfortable. You see that he's just kind of like just, you know, he wants to be a comic in showbiz or whatever. But, you know, he's not he's not truly himself until you start to see him kind of unloading some of these other specials. But but if you get a chance, anybody look up some early, early prior, the black and white stuff, and you'll be like, who's this guy? (laughs) And it's like he's like a it's like a poor man's Cosby. And then when he kind of unleashes, it's amazing. Adam, talk to me. I was gonna
4: first ask uh, which album does he does he uh, kind of change over? I'm, I'm, I, I know I listened to. Is it something I said? It, was it the album before that when he kind of went more blue? Or
1: yeah, um, something I said is well, I hate to say this, think, it's a super N word is that the one? Is it? Um, I think that I'm trying to find. might be. I'm gonna say N word because it's Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem quoting albums, but you know. That's that's the one that I think it's super inward, I think, was the one that kind of like launched out that. Is that the one before that I'm trying to find here or by bi, or bicentennial or is. Was... Yeah yeah you, you know i was just looking behind you um adam and i was watching yeah. the special and it, just in the crowd it was jesse jackson oh yeah and, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jim brown like there was like a pan to the crowd and i just saw like five different like you know just amazing famous people like it was great yeah he also winds uh, up
3: i think around the same time does a, a really a legendary appearance on saturday night live And the only year that uh, Chevy Chase was in it, uh, they had a a, one of the greatest bits ever ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know that was that kind of like also was kind of real, but the the spoof on The Exorcist that's still. One of the all time
1: greats. Yeah. And the Richard Pryor show is like if you watch the Chappelle show um, and then you go back and watch the Richard Pryor show, you will see so many similarities and the format of the show, um, a lot of the, the characters and things that, that Dave ended up doing in his show. He was heavily inspired by that. But it was a short run. Um, I think, I, I don't know how many seasons, but one season, Adam, the Richard Pryor show. Yeah. It was, it was, uh,
4: up. I, it was very short-lived. I think it was just one I think it was just one season. It
1: was way ahead of its time. I feel it like aired it's, on a network? Yeah. I think it, so. Um, it let me see. CBS? It was
4: I was never not
3: even, even heard of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Was, it
4: was there like somewhere a, to watch he also it? Had a, he, he had a children's show too called Prior's Place <laughs> in nineteen eighty four on CBS.
1: <Hilarious. laughs> what? <It was> like, <laughs> he said it was like Sesame
4: Street. <laughs> it had puppets in it too. Actually it had yeah. a uh, it was Sid and Marty Croft that did the
1: puppets for it. Those drugs don't pay for themselves. Right. You, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you take, we take what work you can get. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. It was a short-lived show. It was a sketch show. It was a, a Richard Pryor sketch show, and uh, it was kind of no, a time. It. But yeah, it didn't last. It was, you know, you'll see it once in a while. Um, you know, when they do like. I guess, you know, memorial remembrance things for Richard Pryor will come up in like clips and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's you can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. Wow.
4: It it only lasted four episodes. So it was on NBC right. in 1977. And um, it said it was just too controversial and and the, the audience didn't really respond well to it.
1: Four episodes. Wow. Yeah. And timing's everything. It really is. It might is. be less
2: than the Dana Carvey show, which also did not last long.
1: Or the or or Sue Customer oh, show. show.
3: One episode.
2: Right, yeah. One episode. <laughs> <laughs> or the Chevy yeah, Chase one. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was booked for the
3: second one. <laughs> <laughs> Who was? You? You're booked for the second one? Hilarious. <laughs> for the second one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, back to changing, too. You know, uh, Carlin also, like, was a guy you know, during the same time period where it's like he was kind of more conservative in his stand up. And then he kind of like let loose and was kind of the long haired hippie guy. But the beginning he was very clean cut and whatever. So I think it was, you know, the 70s was a time for comedians to be able to kind of do that. I think comedy was becoming a little more rock and roll. It was coming a little more kind of like you could do what you, know, you could say more. And so I think a lot of these guys, you know, kind of took more risk but uh cool man so yeah i love Pryor. and i'm glad we got to cover him today so this album is great live in sunset strip and see you know the album is great it's kind of hard to find so if you see it in a record store pick it up and um it's uh an amazing special to watch so cool yeah. all right Jeff, so we have, us uh, into the other stuff what's well, we happening got, we, today all right, we got some so, uh, uh <laughs> we got some viewer comments right
4: now questions uh, yeah oh, no, i'm we, sorry we got a all lot right, we got album, a lot of richard in, Pryor stuff going on here and uh i was just going to uh Read a few of them. So, uh, BB from Baytown says Richard is a form of his own. Uh, we got uh, uh Let's see, Jay dies a lot. Every bit on this album is hilarious. Uh, Jake had a cake. I'd rate Richard Pryor as possibly the funniest stand-up comedian ever, and I'm from England.
2: Nice. nice. Yeah, let's
4: see. Um, he has and he has Ricky
1: Gervais. Yeah, So. <laughs> we got who oh, i love <laughs> this way i do too he's fucking hilarious he makes fun of america the way it should be made fun of uh let's see we got <laughs> garam on the grouch saying
4: that uh prior uh he could make gene look good
1: oh gene. stop that gene wilder's a genius as well that's <laughs> i don't was. like that comment i don't like that comment gene <laughs> Wilder's love gene wilder great. oh yeah. yeah
4: gene wilder was great
1: uh, And
4: then we got a big debate about uh Russell brand in here. So there's a lot of comments. I'm just like, <laughs> Russell brand.
1: Oh oh, yeah. I see that. I, but you know what? I mean, you know, he did, he was an addict and he did go through things. So, but he's definitely influenced by prior for sure. But Russell brand. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a good run. He's definitely no prior, but he had a good run. I wish I had that run. That was a nice run. <laughs> now he has a podcast just like us. Okay, I got one
4: more thing about this. Uh, <laughs> about this album I thought this was a pretty accurate quote about sure. it this is from uh, Roger Ebert it says uh, watching Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip a breathtaking performance by a man who came within a hair of killing himself at drugs was like a gift as if Pryor had come back from the dead to perform in his own one man
1: memory of himself mm. oh unbelievable I can't believe I can't believe Ebert wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the deepest Ebert ever was. <laughs> <laughs> that's what? Why it stood <laughs> out? <laughs> yeah,
2: what, was the special did, did it show in theaters?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I it, think it was uh, in theaters. Yeah, it, oh. it, it was. Uh, this was a movie. It was a movie, yeah. Oh, it okay. just so cool when they did that. Used to do that a lot more. They yeah. don't do it as much now, but yeah, up until uh until
4: Eddie Murphy's Raw, this was the uh, highest grossing comedy film. I think it made something like 30,
1: 37 million or so. Wow, that's great. Oh. I love the idea of watching stand up in a movie theater. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Jeff, what do we got?
3: So let's talk a little bit of music now. Um, we are this we are finishing off. Live month with uh, Kiss Alive. This is the fourth uh, album of Kiss. And much like the album we did last week, Cheap Trick Live at Budokan, this was a band that was on the verge of going away and maybe just being a footnote in music history. You know, their first out al- three albums, it was Kiss, uh, uh, Hotter Than Hell, and Dress to Kill. And they didn't sell very well. And this is the album that basically saved KISS. It saved their record label. They Remember, they uh, uh, recorded on Casablanca. Uh, That was Neil Bogart's uh, label, and it was basically a disco label. And uh, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, I I find there are a lot of comparisons between this album and Budokan. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance... um, the the song you were playing at the top of the show, Anthony, uh, rock and roll all night party every day. Uh, I compare that heavily to, uh, uh, I want you to want me. The Cheap Trick song, because you know no radio station ever plays the studio version of Rock and Roll All Night. It's always the live album, and there's differences on the live album. Besides the the Pumped In Crowd, uh, there's also a guitar solo that is on the live album, but you don't get that on the studio album. Um, oh, I'm, yeah, and unlike. Budokan, which we you know we talked about last week, and said it was about 95%, 98 uh, percent real. This is not real, and this is by the own admission of Eddie Kramer, who produced it. I've heard several interviews with uh, Gene and Paul uh, talk about this and how you know. Listen, they weren't trying to fool anybody. You know, they just wanted to capture what a live kiss show was like. And they couldn't do it because this was filmed or, or recorded over the course of, of a tour and in Detroit at the Cobo Arena. And it, somehow they just didn't have the mic right. So what they wound up doing is a really, really pumped in the uh, the the, uh, the the crowd noise. If it's the crowd is taken from KISS shows, but it's not just like, you know, let's just uh, lay down a track. Let's record it. Um A lot of like like, uh, one of my favorite songs on the album uh, is uh, Black Diamond and Black Diamond. They want, you know, Paul just did not sing it well, you know, live. So he went back into the studio. They re-recorded it. And Eddie Kramer was seamlessly able to take that recording and, you know, match it up perfectly to the live uh, recording. And like, if you listen, you can't even tell. And, you know, the thing is, it's still a great, great record. a uh, lot of great standouts here, opening with uh Deuce and Strutter, uh songs like Firehouse, Parasite, uh Black Diamond, and of course, you know, you know. Rock and roll all night, party every day. And it had to be on the album because Neil kept telling them, Neil uh, Bogart, the, the president of the labels, like, you guys need an anthem. You need something that is going to capture what you guys are about. And the lyric just kind of came to Paul. You know, and when he talks about uh partying uh uh all, all day, he's he's not talking about doing drugs, he's talking about like fucking women and just like you know, and he says this. He said it. So I'm not I'm not misquoting. Okay, but that's what he was uh, talking about. Um, This is a band like the first three albums were basically mocked by critics, ignored by radio stations. And it wasn't until uh, Rock and Roll All Night was the song that really broke them, just like uh, the Cheap Trick thing. So, um, yeah, I I think this is a really great representation of the band. I think it captures them. As they're ascending, KISS is a great, great live act. First concert I ever saw was KISS. You know they're they're not they're not the greatest musicians i mean they're, they're, they're good but you know you'll you would never say it's freely over eddie van Halen. that would never be an argument you know nobody would ever say uh, ronnie james dio and paul uh, stanley would have the same it's not that but they're a great rock band they're they were, they were they're, great fun. At they're fun they're fun yeah. exactly yeah they're fun i i still want to go see them i don't care yeah. if they use backing tracks you know, they do just backing tracks. Um, I don't yeah. care about that. See, um, but, it's
1: like, yeah, it's like going to a strip club, you know, it's, like, it's <laughs> a good time. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> you,
3: know what they, you know what they used to do? Did you, I, I read, uh, both Paul and Jean's books and what they used to do was like, they would rent out like a, a like a hotel room, like a, like a, a multi-perfect conference room, you know, things like, you know, like a, a hall and, um, They would make their own posters and they would play around New York and they would they would sell it that way. And the thing was, they wanted people to come see them. That's how they wound up getting signed was based on their live show. The thing is, when they went into the studio, they could never capture you know, what they were like live. And Paul always said, when you went to a Kiss concert, you weren't just hearing it, you were seeing it. And that's what they were trying to get on album. And that's why they did a lot of the trickery. They wanted you to be able to see it as you were listening to this album.
1: Yeah. I mean, the genius of Kiss is definitely, you know, the theatrics and just everything that, uh, you know, that they did seem to kind of just catch on at that time and, you know, and youth culture and stuff. And it was just, yeah. And one thing that's genius about them is... (laughs) You know, you. We were talking last week about going to see a band. I mean, it's kind of hard to look at Axl Rose these days, but that's the greatest
3: thing. Let <laughs> me see him next month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the best thing about kids is like, you know, it's like the, you know, with the makeup, it's like it, it, you don't miss a beat. You're not sitting there going, "Oh my God, look how look at this grandpa!" Like you literally, it's the same guy you saw, you know, when you were a kid. So there's something great about that, and uh, yeah, and they're so good at hooks. And, uh, you know, just the hooks on a lot of their songs really just kind of grab you and just, you know, kind of just catchy, so catchy for rock music. It's some of the catchiest music. And, and another, uh,
3: yeah. Let's say another thing about that album is Dustin, do you, when you, is you, you okay. You have the album, yeah. when you got it, um, if, on the on the original albums there was a poster in it there was also in i don't know if it was in all of them but i know they they had like a program and each member of the band would write something like like a, like a note into the in the band yeah like it's it's right. is. you know it's yeah. like this is things that like nobody ever did before so you know they really learned how to kind of like build their fan base you know because again they they We're not getting on the radio, you know, and that was so essential into making a band. Again, this was a band that was, if this album did not hit, that would have been efficacious. Again, it would have just been a, a side note in music. Well, it's interesting
1: about Kiss is, you know, just even just listening to you and and just kind of like exploring this album a little bit. I don't think Kiss gets enough uh, credit for goth, you know, for kind of this goth rock that they kind of tapped into as well. You know, it's just like there's without them, there's not a lot of, you know, I mean, Marilyn Manson has a lot of Kiss in him. Uh, You know, it's like insane clown posse and all that (laughs) stuff. Yeah. It's all connected to that. Alice Cooper. Yeah. Well, I, Alice, I think was before. I think Alice was a little before. Don't you think Alice was before he was, Kiss? he's
3: before, but the stage show becomes more elaborate as Kiss pushes the envelope.
1: Oh, really? He just, okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cause he starts doing the beheading stuff like I'm gonna say 75 and Kiss hmm. Alive came out in 75, that when which means was... they were doing these live uh, okay. stuff like in 72, 73, 74.
1: Okay, when was Ozzy acting a fool? Was that <laughs> oh, oh, Ozzy, Ozzy, I, I you know, know. The, the, well, I feel like Ozzy was doing all the best and yeah, all yeah, that well, crazy Saban stuff. Sabbath comes
3: out in 69, uh, but they never had like the kind of stage shows that uh, that Alice Cooper and uh, Kiss had.
1: Yeah, but I, feel, I mean, Ozzy was biting chickens' heads off and shit. That's pretty yeah, elaborate. It wasn't on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was, he never did on stage. I thought he ate a bat or something on stage. Did he no, never he did that? This, this. That story, was the story just like in that. the green room.
3: <laughs> no, 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 the story with that was uh, they were at, at, a, at, at a record label and they, okay. they, they were kind of like launching. Um, they were launching the album, and I guess oh, and, and the story with the bat was somebody threw it on stage and he thought it was oh, a rubber God. one, and he winds up by, by the you know. That's
1: what it was. Oh, okay. That's the story with us. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Well, in Texas, he's just a guy that beat on the Alamo. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Anthony, what's your kiss experience like with this album? What do you think?
2: I, I like it. I think that this is the closest you can come to feeling like you're watching a band in an arena on an album. That's um, what they were going for. Yeah. I think they nail it. it. You can almost see them... Doing the, you know, you can see almost see the, the jeans tongue and all that stuff. Somehow,
1: <laughs> you know, it was funny when Jeff was talking about how they had to redo that song and make it sound. At first, I'm like, come on, man, that's not real. And then I realized how much work you did on my albums, Anthony, to make it sound good. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> but that's every. When a couple of I mean, jokes it's tanked, and you just like uh, put in some put in some laughter from the early show. So you know, it, it's like that's, that's what every it is. comedy I mean, album though. But
2: <laughs>
3: right, that's production,
1: you know. So you got. Uh, appreciate a good producer you know (laughs)
3: you gotta remember once you put lay it down and you sell it this is good this sticks around forever and Mm -hmm. they want and they really wanted to capture how you know what it was like to be at a kiss show and remember this is also the early 70s okay the album comes out in seventy-five. So, you know, it comes out in 75. So it was recorded in really 74, right? So they didn't have like a lot of the the, the technology that they do now where they were able to get like, you know, the sound. They, they couldn't mic the crowd. And that's what they, though, so it wasn't like they were defrauding people. Like they bombed and they just pumped a fake crowd. They had crowd noise. They just couldn't capture it accurately. So they, and they, yeah. when they did it, they said, if we're going to do it, let's do it over the top. And that's what they yeah. did. The Budokan, was different. The yep. Budokan yep. also comes out a little bit later. Okay. And they were able to, you know, the, the smaller arenas and they were able to make the crowd better.
1: Probably tech was better back, you know, a few, yeah. few years a later.
3: Bit. But a bit.
1: but
2: also you're saying like Budokan was like whatever, 95, 98% uh real. Yeah. But if right. you're gonna if you're gonna do that five percent or whatever, might as well go all the way and do it the way KISS did it. What do I care <laughs> if it's not a hundred percent?
3: I don't do think I, you trick had I? to. I huh? think it came out, I don't, I don't think they had to. <laughs> they I think they had to. Two tricks, a little, a little better
1: band. A little better band. We can't really compare. I mean, that's, you know, I, I'd say it's leaps and bounds beyond Kiss, but it's still. Yeah. You, know, you think so? But I,
2: Oh, okay. cheap well, trick is way better.
1: Two nineteen, I went. Them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, cheap trick is a band. This is this is a f- kiss is a good time, and I enjoy kiss. Yeah, yeah. But I but I look back on some of my kiss albums, like Asylum. I'm
3: like, ooh, that, that was that's rough to listen to now. The is that four? the grunt one? <laughs> the four albums that's... without makeup, I think, is are great, great, and very underrated records. Like uh, uh, great's uh, Hot a strong and Shade. word.
1: I think there's. I think there's five good songs but i think great is a really strong word for huh? those albums uh, i think the plane is
3: great yeah that's the that's the uh bruce uh, heaven's Kula on here. fire
1: is a good time lick it up is a great one that's vinnie vincent it's a fun one sorry i yeah. used the word great um <laughs> but uh, you know there's some good ones but it's not you know i don't I, know I,
2: I saw kiss live and I feel like they played five good songs at the yeah. concert.
3: Like good songs, uh, but, but yeah. you everything thought else was they fun. Only had Five good songs, Anthony. I, yeah. yeah, I, I think th- he's yeah. about right. What are, the, what are the five good songs? And Beth better not be one of them. <laughs> you know, I, Beth, I actually right? do like Beth. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's...
2: rock and roll all night. Strutter, Black Diamond. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if they. They probably didn't play it, but I like Plaster Caster. That's a they good do. one. Oh
3: shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Heaven's gun, gun Fire that
2: is it is it? a good time. Love Gun
1: is a great song. Love Gun's great.
2: Um, what is that, Four?
1: <laughs> and I, I like Beth. I think Beth is good. I don't remember if they did one?
2: Beth when I saw them.
1: Um, yeah, Beth Christine is great, but I got chills. I got chills when I, when I saw them do Beth, and it was with the new guy. So what's <laughs> the new guy's name? Uh, it's uh,
3: Eric Carr. No, he's the new one? But like yeah. 2-19? For two nineteen. Well, That's it's like, right now. Is, I always get Eric Carr and Eric Singer mixed up. Me too. No, but I think he's died. dead. Yeah, he's so dead. So it's Eric Singer. Carr died. So I didn't see
1: Eric Carr. And you ever know happen? to you know what to uh, Brian Singer? Anyway, go ahead.
3: Uh, <laughs> Eric Singer. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, and it's and it's uh, and I know it's Tommy Thayer who's been in the band yeah. you know now for forever.
1: In that been fake the band Ace, for the last really? twenty years.
3: He's he's a he's a
1: new Ace really. Ugh. Those guys are great. I saw the new guys and they're fantastic. They were they could really play. They could jam. And that's the genius of Kiss, where it's just like if somebody's like high maintenance, somebody wants more money, they're like, yeah, we'll just hire two new guys. You know, because I mean? <laughs> we'll just true. put the Ace makeup what? on that's what on Exactly. Because <laughs> 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 apparently Peter Chris was a little bit of work, and you know whatever. So they were like, we'll just get a new guy, and you know the whole thing. That's a I'll
3: pretty tell cool you funny uh, Peter Chris story. Please. um when uh, when they were f- first uh, auditioning uh and looking for a drum it was it, it was peter and it was i'm sorry it was paul and gene who were looking to start the band and they uh they went to Brooklyn to see this this like, kind of like an italian rock and roll duo pop type of band that was playing in one of those you know uh sons of italy type of halls, right? And Peter Chris was, was the drummer in this band. And he he looked different than the other guys. He had kind of like that Rod Stewart punky type of hair. Okay. And they went to go see him and they were impressed by him. They thought he was, he was, he was a good drummer. He had a great stage look. The first thing he says to Peter and Gene, uh, to Paul and Gene when he meets them, he walks up and goes, You know, I got a nine and a half inch dick. <laughs> that was that was that was the his introduction and he you know if you read the books um you could see how much they really just grew to hate peter and one of and one of the things that i think peter did that was kind of spiteful was on um i just read this recently that on uh on on a, on a kiss documentary that's coming out that he refused to allow them to use uh beth since he uh, is the one that wrote it
1: yeah, you yeah, know, I don't but know. They fired him. They did. So, they fired so him. I, he was That You always get fired. rid of the guy with the nine-inch dick. You always make sure <laughs> that guy's not around because he's get,
3: <laughs> they that's too have, much competition. They, uh, they always had problems. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, they always had problems with with uh, with uh, Peter and Ace. Like Ace, you know, according to to Paul, was he thought that it could be better was, you know, he really was the more, right. He was the most, <laughs> the more talented, but he was the guy who just wouldn't push himself. Yeah. You know, he, he would just do enough to to be good, but he could have. He really, really he put in the time. Yeah. Could have he been like so lot. much better. That's yeah. exactly right. That he yeah. did part. and that's why he was. They didn't want to fire him, but they did. And when they wound up touring with um, Aerosmith, and this was during kind of like Kiss's lean years, Aerosmith put it in the contract that Kiss had to have at least three original members. And the the member they were like, well, "Well, fuck it, we'll put up with uh with Peter, you know, because we don't want to put up with Ace." and then wound the up <laughs> having yeah, uh, ace rock
1: and rolled all day and partied for the rest of the year like that's <laughs> that's what that's what ace did uh adam hey uh we had heard from you buddy how you feel about the whole kiss album and if we have any comments whatever it's all you baby yeah yeah um
4: i was never much of a kiss fan uh especially growing up i never really never really listened to them and uh i I put on their first uh, before I listened to this, I put on their first three studio albums. So uh, their debut uh, hotter than hell and uh dress to kill. And um, I, I was very unimpressed until I got to kiss alive, which I think just really propels them yep. forward. Um, and what I was wondering is, you know, for a kiss newbie, what album should they at least start with?
3: Just "Kiss Alive one or kiss alive two. <laughs> what about, what about destroyer? <laughs> Destroy is <laughs> a great album, but if you get, but if you're going to listen to Kiss, you want to you want to get like a. I think was it was a, was, a, was Dustin and always we said greatest hits is, is a good way to introduce yourself greatest, to a band.
1: Greatest hits, I you know I'm always back and forth. There's some there's some artists that you should listen to the albums, you know, instead of the greatest hits. But Kiss is a band, like Anthony said. There's only five songs, so <laughs> it's more than five
3: songs. He <laughs>
2: Listen, I love it loud. Is that one? No,
3: so- no, Kiss just- <laughs> it. Kiss Alive One, Kiss Alive Two. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're alive. Kiss Alive Two is do, you know both albums. What are studio double albums. album would
1: you recommend? Yeah, studio album. Destroyer. What studio album would you recommend, Jeff? Destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's the one where they're all four kind of yeah. like muscled and yeah, that's a great there. one. Okay. Destroyer is great. Oh, yeah, that's a good one.
3: And I th- and I think like you know in the in and, the uh, uh, non-makeup days, uh, Hot in the Shade. And, yeah, and
1: there's, you know, let's go back to that a little bit, too. It's uh, greatest, probably top five greatest names of all time for a band. I think it's just oh, yeah. an amazing name. And I, the lettering, I mean, you know, you got to get some credit for that. I'm sure that's all. It seems like Paul, I mean, Gene had a lot to do with so much of the marketing. Right? Yeah,
3: and Paul, too. Yeah. Paul was the one that came up with this.
1: Paul came up with the name. Yeah, yeah. And, and the lettering. Then, uh, and, and the lettering as well. Yep. Okay, because wow. Gene really took off with a lot of the marketing. So I just assumed that he had He's a little older. With...
3: Okay. He's a little older than them.
1: Yeah, you could tell. He's
3: He's older, know. heavier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Paul wasn't sure if he wanted to play with him right away, and then like you know, but this guy, this guy's a good bass player, and he knows more was, about business than good? I do. Was he
1: good? I think he was just fun. I, I don't know I, how he yeah. is. He had is that he had a nine and a half inch <laughs> tongue. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: yeah,
1: know, it's all about nine and a half inches, tongue, dick. It doesn't matter as long as you got something. Anyway, uh, Adam, any comments on Kiss?
4: Let's see. We got uh, Jay Dies a Lot says that uh, Kiss was the insane clown posse of the 70s. <laughs> okay,
2: okay.
4: We got uh, uh, BB from uh, Baytown says, uh, Jeff, this guy knows his Kiss. Love Kiss. Yes. Um, let's see. Happy Mischief. Kiss had their own has their own uh, culture for sure. Let's see. Yeah, Kiss is pretty roll amazing. What?
1: What is that? The Kiss Army is pretty cool. Oh, like, Kiss, yeah. the yeah. fans, the people that buy their merch and go to their concerts. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a cult almost, you know? It's like if you like Kiss, like you really yeah, love it. Kiss
3: conventions.
2: Those yeah. are the kind of fans I want.
1: Yes. Yeah. Just people would like just duct tape, cap fur all over the <laughs> Yeah, just on and their stuff. face. <laughs> <laughs> they all got the mustache <laughs> 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 They right, got little tight t-shirts like I get it man that's what it's about bro that's what we're trying to do on the show get you to that level alright uh, very see, cool uh, so what else you got uh, we got
4: Garamond the Grouch says without kiss we wouldn't have guar
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to yeah, mention Guar, so. yeah. Good point. I guess so. Is that really a bad thing? I mean, do really <laughs> we really need Guar? We really need Guar to be yeah, honest we, with I you. Mean,
3: I don't know if we need it.
1: They're fun, though. They're another fun bit. I, got, I mean, to play with that kind of like, costume. It's all, it's all foam. That's, that's got to be it, difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's all foam. The, you the can't, transform sh- can't sh- life. shred with foamy hands. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Adam, take us away. What do we got new coming up? So buy Kiss right. Alive, guys. It's a good album. Right, the, we're going to
4: start off with another Kiss live album. Uh, no, Kiss great. off the soundboard, uh, Tokyo, two thousand one, uh, triple LP, Tokyo Dome, on uh, recorded March 13, thousand one. So that just, just came out. Oh, uh, wow. let's see, just what everyone, wants release. Kiss right? album yeah. from
2: this century. Kiss live.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think it's new to vinyl, but it's also covers. <laughs> yeah, it also just appeared on streaming services, so I don't know if. Uh, okay so yeah it must be a new issue um let's see we got uh nine inch nails uh hesitation marks their eighth album from uh so that was from uh 2013 it's a double lp reissue and uh aretha franklin i knew you were waiting uh the best of aretha franklin 1980 to
1: 2014 double lp cool aretha baby
2: yeah
1: Great stuff. Very cool. All right. Any comments? Anything left? If not, we'll just wrap this up. Uh, it's great, guys. Thanks for uh, putting up with my shoddy internet. We made it through, <laughs> Dustin. You
3: got through. Let's not push all luck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for watching the show please follow us on uh, Dustin's Vinyl on Instagram and Facebook and uh, get the word out we really love hearing from you guys and so yeah was, we'll have some fun stuff for next time and uh, so get you some Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip and kiss alive and uh, thank you everybody we'll you guys rock it out Woo! with your <laughs> nine inch tongues nine inch plays out Anthony
2: show
0: uh, us uh, everything you've got yeah. Uh, yeah. You
1: drive wild. We'll drive you crazy. Yeah. Uh, Is it over? I think it's over. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Good show, everybody.